Today's topic is acquiring and maintenance of F-1 student status. Immigration regulations and policy guidance governing F-1 non-immigrant status can be complex and confusing. Students in F-1 status must understand and comply with many complex rules in order to maintain valid F-1 status in the United States. These rules govern most daily aspect of one's life as a student, including academic study, class enrollment, employment, travel, financial ability, and practical training, among others. It is important for all students in F-1 status to have a good understanding of the basics of the maintenance of status in order to recognize and address potential problems before they arise or as soon as possible if they arise. Generally, the first step in obtaining an F-1 visa or changing to an F-1 status within the United States is to be admitted to a program of study at a school certified by the Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE, and its SEVP, which is the Student and Exchange Visitor Program. A prospective student must meet some additional requirements, such as English language proficiency in most cases, and meet the financial ability test. The university's international student advisor, who is referred to as the designated school official or DSO under immigration regulations, advises international students and will issue a Form I-20, which is then used by the student to apply for the F-1 visa at a U.S. consular post abroad or to file a, U a change of status within the U.S. from for example, H-1B to F-1 or B-1B to tourist to F-1 student status. It's important to discuss the eligibility criteria with the school or with an immigration attorney before applying for an F-1 visa or changing to an F-1 status. They're all issues pertaining to the pure non-immigrant intent, the doctrine of preconceived intent, doctrine of fraud, etc., once a student is actually admitted to or obtains an F-1 status in the U.S., the student must maintain a full course load and make normal progress towards completion of the degree to maintain valid F-1 status. If the student falls below the full-time enrollment, the student would be considered to have fallen out of status. In some limited cases, the DSO may authorize a reduced course load for the F-1 student so that the student status could continue to remain valid. In addition, students should be mindful of not exceeding the amount of coursework that they are permitted to take online or through distance education. Generally, no more than one class or three credit hours of such enrollment is permitted during each semester. Students may engage in specific types of employment permitted both with and without authorization. For example, on-campus employment not to exceed 20 hours per week when the school is in session and full-time during regular school breaks like summer vacation or holidays does not require separate authorization. However, off-campus employment requires authorization from either the DSO or USCIS. Most commonly, off-campus employment includes 
CPT, which is the Curricular Practical Training, and the other one is the OPT, or Optional Practical Training. Other less frequently used types of employment include employment due to severe, unforeseen economic hardship, internship with an international organization, or employment based on special student relief programs. The curricular practical training, or CPT, requires authorization from the DSO and is based on a job offer. The job offer needs to be in the field of study. Students who use full-time CPT authorization for one year or longer will not be eligible for the 12 months or 39 months OPT after completion of the program, except when required in the first year a student becomes eligible for CPT only after the first year of full-time study. So the exception would be, for example, with an MBA student that may be required to start CPT right from the first year, but otherwise you always need to wait a minimum for one full year. Always you should check with the DSO if you are eligible for any exceptions to these general rules. The optional practical training, or OPT, needs to be also recommended by the DSO and approved by USCIS and the student on F1 OPT is issued an employment authorization document, also referred to the EAD as the EAD card. There are three types of, C, uh, the, of OPT. There's a pre-completion OPT, a post-completion OPT, and STEM extension OPTs. Similar to the CPT, the OPT can only be authorized for students who have completed their first year of full-time academic study. Students are eligible for 12 months of OPT, both pre-completion and post-completion, cumulatively, which means in the total. A student on post-completion OPT is allowed to accrue no more than 90 days of unemployment. Remember, it can be volunteer, it can be unpaid, but it, a student cannot be unemployed for more than 90 days, either in the entire 12-month OPT time frame or in the additional time granted under the STEM extension program, which could be as long as three years, 30, you know, an additional 17 months, which comes to 39 months. Students with degrees in the STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math, could be eligible for an additional 17 months of OPT on an employment offer from an employer that is enrolled in the E-Verify program. The E-Verify is a federal government program for employers who agree to certain uh, verification for an employee being eligible to work in the United States. Students on a STEM OPT cannot accrue more than 120 days of unemployment, including any unemployment periods accrued during the first 12 months on OPT. So for the rest of the 30, you know, 17 months, you're only given an extra 30 days compared to the others who have the 90 days total. Let's move on to status problems, transfers, and gap, gap, gap. Students who fall out of status within the last five months, except those who have violated their status by engaging in an unauthorized employment, are eligible to file or request a reinstatement with the USCIS. Generally, such students would need to file the reinstatement application on Form I-539 with the required USCIS filing fee and a new I-20 issued by the school with an explanation of the reasons for the failure to maintain status and a recommendation for reinstatement from the DSO.
students have a 60-day grace period at the end of the F1 period of study and also at the end of the post-completion OPT or the STEM OPT. While in the United States, students are permitted to transfer to another school as long as the student has maintained valid F1 status throughout. School transfers can be authorized during the actual study program or OPT or during the 60-day grace period. If a student's prospective employer files an H-1 petition for temporary employment in a specialty occupation, the sponsored student may remain in the U.S. in valid F-1 status even after the expiration of the program or completion of the OPT as long as the petition was filed and accepted for processing by the USCIS when that student was either in valid F-1, F-1 OPT, or during the grace period. These requirements include the petition being subject to the annual limitation on the F-1 quota or visas, requesting the start date of employment as the first day of the new fiscal year, which is usually October 1 of each year, and a change of status from F-1 to H-1B. If the petition was filed when the student also had OPT authorization, the authorization should continue until the day before the request start date if the petition is finally approved. This is known as the cap-gap rule. Students are generally admitted to the U.S. for the duration of their stay or duration of status, and they do not need or do not have a specific date of status expiration on the I-94 card. As long as the student meets all the eligibility requirements discussed in our topic today and the student has a valid I-20, which has not yet expired, the student would be considered to have maintained valid status. However, if the USCIS or an immigration judge makes a determination that the F-1 status has been violated, then from that day onwards, the student the F-1 candidate starts to accrue a period of unlawful presence, which is different than out of status. And this has specific serious consequences, including the starting of the three-year and 10-year bars by travel abroad that could affect the F-1's immigration status and eligibility for future immigration benefits, including a future green card approval, et cetera. Finally, students in F-1 status are encouraged to understand and learn the law and the regulations that affect your status in the United States. This recording should only be used as an overview of the law governing foreign students and as a good basis for exploring a specific topic or topics which may affect each student's particular circumstance. Good luck, and we at the Murthy Law Firm are always happy to help guide you. Thank you.